Happy Friday and welcome to Food Network Obsessed, the podcast where we dish on all things Food Network with your favorite Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have Jet Tila on the pod. And I was super excited to have him on because we sort of have an interesting history with both of us being former floor reporters for the Iron Chef franchise. But he actually surprised me with an even funnier moment that I was totally not aware of until this interview. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Also, during our chat, Jet shares some fun Food Network memories, including the story behind his matching tattoos with Alton Brown. Yes, you heard me correctly. We also talk about Jet's family opening the first Thai markets and restaurants in Los Angeles all the way back in the 70s. So he shares some of those memories growing up around food 24-7 and how it really had an impact on him becoming a chef. Of course, we talk about the latest season of Tournament of Champions, but... We actually recorded this interview with Jet a couple months ago before the new season premiered. So we didn't have a chance to talk about that crazy tie that happened between him and Antonia at the end of the season. But hey, I guess that just means we'll have to ask Jeff back for a part two. So let's get to it, shall we? He is a culinary anthropologist and entrepreneur with appearances on your favorite shows like TOC, Chopped All-Stars, Cutthroat Kitchen, Beat Bobby Flay and Guy's Grocery Games. I am talking about none other than Jetila. Jet, welcome to the pod. How are you doing today? What's happening, Jamie? Uh, it's finally a nice to get to, I mean, you know, chat, right? Yes. Um, we've never had an extended opportunity to kind of really kind of get acquainted. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in fact, the, the only time I've I've met you in person, uh, we were we were just standing next to each other at a big Today Show Thanksgiving special. Uh, it was super fun for me because it was my first time being on the Today Show. You were repping California. I was repping Montana. They had you know mm -hmm. people from all 50 states and we were standing there talking about our dishes <laughs> and you revealed to me. I, I hope I'm not outing you because this was actually like a very like positive you know interaction that I had. But you, you told oh, me man. that you you cooked your Thanksgiving dish for the show, like in your hotel room in a microwave <laughs> via instant car delivery at like three in the morning. Oh, um, man, Jamie, <laughs> the first time we're hanging out and you're, you're going right for it, which is a good thing, by the way. I think it's important for people to understand kind of how things happen behind the scenes. So, yes, you're correct. I my my um, my dish was wild rice dressing mm -hmm. and something happened where my associate and friend in New York didn't get it ready for me. So I get to, I get off the plane, I get to the hotel and I Instacart a bunch of wild rice dressings and some accoutrement. I throw it all together in the microwave and I bring <laughs> it to the Today Show. And and that's right. You're exactly right. That's how I, I got that done that time. I think we need to out the friend who didn't have the dish. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. I would her never do name that. is Jamie Sire. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's her name. That's the friend. That's so meanwhile, meanwhile, I, I like special ordered in huckleberries because I thought that I wanted to be very authentic to like Montana and huckleberries remind me of Montana and huckleberries are not cheap by the way. And as it turns <laughs> out, like this dish that I, I think I had to bring in two of them and both of them just sat out and, and they didn't, I don't think they took close ups. There was just a lot of, waving and smiling and I didn't realize that so I, I was like trying to you know go the extra mile which was not necessary and you in did it right you just <laughs> did it for the wrong 
episode. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. did perfect because the dish was pristine and it was ready to eat and it was like everything you wanted. And then you're like, oh, 50 chefs, 50 yeah. dishes. Like, so yeah, yeah it was a, one of those giant camera shots that just kind of jibbed all the way through and we just waved mm-hmm. and that was it. So next time, don't next do time. it exactly the same way. That's yeah, especially, be. you know, hopefully next time we'll actually be, you know, demoing the dish and not just, you know, the the wave and, and smile and all that. But yeah. uh, we did have a chance to, to kind of interact um, a little bit during during that two hours of just standing out in the cold. <laughs> uh, we we for anybody that doesn't know, we actually have something in common that is unique only to us. So would you like to to share with our listeners what what that is? That's I'm going to I'm going to guess that you are speaking of Iron Chef America. Mm-hmm. And floor reporting. Yes. Is yes. that right? That is correct. We are the, uh, I, you know, obviously Kevin was there for a, a very long time before us, before the reboots. And, but you and I are the only ones that have been the floor reporter for exactly one season, just one season. <laughs> so how do we read into that, Jamie? I think we need to I don't go know. deeper, right? What does I don't that know. mean about us when, when, when Kevin had like 15 seasons and we each get one season? So... Hmm. Yeah. All right. I know. Yeah. I know. If I read into it too much, I'll just get depressed. You know what? <laughs> may, may I t- may I share a story? Please, about, please. Okay, because um, the Today Show was the first time we actually met. Yes. We potentially could have met before. So I'm just going to tell you a story about about okay. about my Jamie Sire story because this is what okay. I, call I love it. it. Okay? I love it. <laughs> I am I'm judging Beat Bobby Flay. All right. Okay. And uh, the next ep after me was was supposed to be another duo. Uh, one of them couldn't make it. It was a, a, a you know, some emergency came up and they're like, we're going to call in Jamie Sire. Somebody was like, oh, no, I've never met her, Bobby. And, you know, I, I did the Iron Chef thing after her. I don't know if she's mad at me. Oh. I don't know if, if you know, because we both have reputations on the street for being like, like, we're just normal. You, we are who we are. We're, we're like nice people. We don't want to make oh. waves. And I was like, I don't know if Jamie hates me, if she's mad at me. And Bobby literally like, dude. Jamie's awesome. She's not going to be mad at you, but like, you know, I'm going to run out the door. So I think you came in one entrance and I jammed out <laughs> because you were literally right after me. And you know, the turn between shows were, were, were really tight. So there's Pretty my quick, Jamie yeah. Sire story. That's awesome. I actually do remember that day because I, yeah, I think they, honestly, I think I got a, te- I woke up to a text from my agent at like 7 a.m. They're like, can you do be Bobby Flay today? And I'm like, yes, like springing out of bed because like I was always jumping at the chance to do that. I always do. I love that show. I, yeah. I have so much fun on that show. Um, and I do remember getting to studio and I knew that you were there. I had no idea that I was actually supposed to host with you potentially and mm-hmm. that that it, it was a little switcheroo situation for the record i i do not hate you i was not mad at you <laughs> ever ever i know that like there's business decisions that are be over our heads over thousand our pay percent. grade thousand <laughs> yeah. percent yeah yeah so, way, way above know. us and for good or bad reasons but i i just wasn't i didn't know and i was just like uh you know what i mean but we both were kind of i think i was in the same headspace right we, yeah no i think i i was like uh, when I heard you were there, I was like, oh, God, I hope uh, we don't run into you. I, I didn't want to run into you only because I, I'm incredibly awkward in those situations. Uh, as am I, by the way. As am I. <laughs> so it was nothing to do with you. It was almost it was only to avoid any awkwardness. So maybe oh, someday, man. maybe someday we can we can talk to Bobby and have have him uh, put us on as co-hosts and we can we can re- redo yeah. the moment that was supposed to happen. The a couple circle years will ago. be complete. 
because yes. now we're homies and we you know we've done anyway that yeah. I just thought I'd share because this is a great podcast you're doing, by the way. And I oh, thought, thank you. You know what? This is the kind of content. This is the kind of stuff I want. The stories I want to tell that you yes. don't really get a chance to tell. No, these are the stories that I love, like hearing from people. I think it's so much fun. I think it's great for the viewers and the listeners to to kind of, you know, get that little inside look of, of what happens uh, <laughs> on TV in certain situations. But uh, no, that's I, I'm so glad you, you told that story. That's that's such a great story. Anyway, but I'm, I'm glad we're, we're we're friends now. So, yes, you know, it's absolutely. all good. I am. I am very glad for that as well. But uh, I mean, speaking of Iron Chef, though, I mean, that was that must have been a cool experience for you just because you had been on the show previously as a competitor. And now, you you know, the kind of the tables have turned and, and you're there now, the one interviewing all these chefs. Yeah. You know, my whole I think Iron Chef really sums up kind of my my food network journey because it was about 10 years in between, you know, becoming a full time mm. chef. Well, I was a full time chef for like 20 something years. Right. I was asked to do Iron Chef while I was in Las Vegas uh, cooking at this really, you know, big deal hotel. And then to to like my journey as a chef ended kind of when I when I taped Iron Chef because, you mm. know, I met Ali, wanted to get married, have kids. And then so my media career began at that point. So about a decade later, uh, I'm back in, you know, this kitchen stadium as the floor reporter. So it was very surreal. It was an amazing experience. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, I think, you know, I mean, like we were talking about, it's, 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 you gotta, you gotta know when to jump in and you gotta mm-hmm. know when to like approach the chefs. I think what, what, what the one of the advantages for me was knowing like in cooking along with some of the, the our mm-hmm. Iron Chefs and other um, competitors. So, yeah, I, I'll never forget it, man. You know, it, it was really great. No, I, I agree. I had such a such a great experience on the show. Uh, we, we both wish it it was a longer experience, but that's <laughs> one <here>. season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of competition shows, we obviously have to talk about Tournament of Champions. Oh, uh, it's definitely a show on everyone's minds right now. We we saw you on the show last season. You were eventually knocked out by Brooke Williamson, who, of course, went on to win the entire thing. And this season you were back. Yep. So coming coming back. Do you feel like you have something to prove, perhaps? Uh, man. OK, this is your show and it's it's a good chance for me to be have therapy at the same time. And talk I love about it. I'll the be truth. your therapist. Please, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A tournament of Champions for me is really the show I, I want to win the most. Right? Really? Truly, because, you know, I, I, I've not a super competitive guy, right? It, especially when it comes to competing against friends, right? In the world when I was a chef, very competitive, very aggressive. But it's like, oh, I know all these people. And I am a different person on Tournament of Champions. Like, the, the, it, when, you have a, when you have a stadium like that, and when you have blind judging, and when you have the, that caliber of competitors plus judges... It's like you can't I don't want to mess up because, I, you know, I don't want to give anyone in this room license to be like, oh, that dude brought it halfway and he's not really <laughs> he's not he's not going to bang heads. What did you learn from last season that you are bringing to to the competition this year? Uh, for me, I'm an overthinker. Right. The, the problem that, that that I have is when I walk into a, a competition situation, I'm overthinking every little step. What I really learned this year was uh, let the randomizer do its thing and then just flow with it. 
last year I was like trying to will the randomizer. I was trying to use the force. I was trying to like, you know, like try to <laughs> use the force. Yeah. I was trying to like use like ESP and, and none of it works. So this year I just went with it. I, I, I no idea what was going to come. I, I cooked a lot too, by the way. I mean, good or bad. I think this last year we all did a lot of cooking yes. and I was watching your content. You were cooking, man. I don't thank you. No, yes. I was cooking time. a lot. Yes. Yeah. And, and for me, I was doing the same thing because I think a lot of uh, not being a traditional restaurant chef anymore and kind of running different aspects of our organization, uh, you know, you get a little out of touch and it was really nice to spend like a good six, seven months cooking, walking into um, tournament of champions. Yeah. I mean, you. I, I want to know more about the randomizer because that seems like just a scary like few seconds as you're like watching. And for anyone who hasn't seen the show last year or haven't had a chance to watch yet uh, this season, I mean, basically, you know, it's it's this big wheel, kind of like a wheel of fortune situation, but like five of them. And there's like a proteins and veggies and tools you have to use and time. And it just like goes around and you're just waiting for it to land. Um, like which which of those things on there just like really makes you nervous, makes you sweat. Like that's the one thing that you absolutely absolutely do not want it to land on. What yeah. Like all that? chefs, I think we all have Achilles heels, right? Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> that thing is basically just loaded with five different <laughs> reels of Achilles heels. And, um, you know, I went out last year on uh, Meta, like I went out last year in Middle Eastern and, um, you know, I, I, again, I cook a lot, but, you know, I was, I was always scared of, you know, cultures that I just haven't cooked a lot of. And I was mm -hmm. always scared of like tools you know, like crazy tools. Like, I, I mean, I've used waffle makers to make waffles, but there's also a lot of crazy things on there that I think um, it really changed the fate of each cook. So there was very, I don't think ever, I'm not sure. I don't think anyone ever had like a give me and it just gets harder as the game progresses. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems, I mean, it's a randomizer, but it's also kind of like this, I guess, equalizer. Yes. Uh, you know, everyone's just kind of now on the same page. I think I'm, tr I was trying to think like what would make me like really nervous and yeah, I don't give know. Me I, your like Achilles heels or like things that you would make you like scared to have to do either. Well, here's the thing. I and people who listen to the podcast know or follow me on social media. I'm very <laughs> vocal about the fact that I hate bell peppers. So I don't uh, even know if bell peppers is on the veggie list. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Uh, but it could be because I hate them so much and I don't know what to do with them. And I, you know, like I just and I wouldn't be able to taste the dish and and know that it is balanced, whatever, because all I'd be able to taste <laughs> is the bell pepper. So I think for me, that would be really hard. But there's so many things on there that would be just like so mind blowingly like difficult that I can't. Yeah, I mean, like you, one I didn't get was like a raclette like make oh. you know what i mean like oh like the, 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 the actual the burner like the melter like the raclette yeah. melter and i'm and i'm sure you're not using it to 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 make raclettes you know what right. i mean so like yeah. what do you do so there are a lot of really um kind of crazy you know combinations but you, you still got to cook your way through it and the level of competition this year the the level of like the stakes are higher because mm -hmm. you kind even although you know what's going to go down you're looking at 15 other of some of the best chefs you know in the world or in america mm -hmm. and, and yeah that's what fires you up when you look around it, it's it's a lot like mma i mean it feels <laughs> it feels like that you know what i mean i mean is there anyone you were excited or maybe terrified to see this this season 
Yeah. Um, you know, Brooke, obviously, because right. she's legitly like uh, talented and and like plays it close to the vest and doesn't really give you much to work with, plays the mind games in a smart way. And Tony is always like freaking me out. Um, uh, so, you know, I, <laughs> all right, I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm just going to say like, I think the West Coast bracket is like a dangerous bracket. I mean, East Coast <laughs> is like awesome, but you know, to, to fight your way through the West Coast bracket is scary. And I'm, I've just made eight enemies saying that. Yeah. By the you, way. Just throw, yeah. you just threw down the gauntlet on, uh, on East, you know, East versus West. But I mean, that's what this competition is about. And, and as you mentioned, you know, it, it does have the sports feel to it. And obviously athletes can be very, very superstitious. I'm wondering if you have any like rituals, any superstitions before you kind of step out onto the stage that that you do to kind of get ready. Yeah. So I, I had a good luck charm each uh, each season. So oh. la- last season was, you know, um, out of a bunch of Navy SEAL buddies, you know, uh, old school, um, real deal guys. And, you know, they 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 gave me a challenge coin uh, before I competed and were like, this is oh, your wow. good luck charm. So uh, this year uh, I wore a lucky I wore a lucky watch from a, a good friend of mine. It's like nothing fancy, but it was just symbolic. You know what I mean? So I had my red watch because, you know, re- you know, Chinese red's a lucky number and, you know, mm-hmm. in my culture. And um, so that was really it. So I didn't do anything extreme, like not shower or not shave. Or, you <laughs> well, know. I'm sure I'm sure people were, were thankful for for that portion of it. Um, yeah. The- <laughs> and I don't, you know, and I don't have the ability as a man to get that big old crazy playoff like a, facial like a hockey. Yes, beard. exactly. Yeah. I, I won't look like a Viking. I'll look more like Fu Manchu. So it would, yeah, it would not. It would be the opposite of intimidating. <laughs> okay, I like the, I like the lucky charms. I, I think yeah. those are are, are nice uh, a nice uh, addition and, and something that you can kind of keep with you and, and know that it's there. I also love the the charity component this year mm-hmm. because not only are you playing for the title, you're playing for a local restaurant, which, as we know, throughout this pandemic, they have been hit so incredibly hard. What, how much extra motivation did that give you to to you know cook even harder and really compete? Man, uh, like for them, Guy and Food Network, uh, every win was a considerable amount of money uh, to you know the winners at a local restaurant, and you know that that really was kind of. The, the that that warm and fuzzy that 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 thing that you know was was the extra fire in my opinion and um a lot of money was raised by by everybody uh for the restaurants and on top of that getting your restaurant mentioned right uh you know in front of millions of people right mm-hmm. and in that genuine moment of 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 paying homage to that restaurant is is so is so beneficial i mean coming from a, a mom and pop restaurant family uh like that 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 was the icing on the cake for this season up next jet talks about having alton brown as a mentor during his time as a judge on cutthroat kitchen plus he tells the story behind their matching tattoos You are no stranger to these competition shows. You've competed against, you know, as we mentioned, against Morimoto on Iron Chef. You've also competed and won Guy's Grocery Games. You judged arguably the most evil show of all time, Cutthroat <laughs> Kitchen, for for many years. What do you have any favorite memories or stories from from any of these these shows that you can you can share with us? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think Cutthroat Kitchen was really where you know, no pun, like I cut my teeth, right? Like, uh, so. 
I think the first memory of kind of being like that full time food network job was getting that call, you know, as a fledgling young, you know, person on Food Network and going, oh, you're going to be able to, you know, work with Alton Brown every single day on this one show. Uh, and, you know, I don't think people really ever knew. So, you know, Alton and I are very, very good friends. In fact, we have matching tattoos. And <laughs> yes. that all came from those those hours and hours and hours on Cutthroat Kitchen. So what and I, I told Alton early on, I was like, I was like, I really want to get good at this TV thing because you know, it's totally different muscles. It's a, it's, it takes a lot of different skills. Um, and, and can you help me? So he would actually make time after every episode and, and was like, look, this is, you got a less, less ums here, get to the point here. You know what I mean? This is the way. So, you know, having like that one-on-one -on -one time, uh, with, with Alton was brilliant. And then as, as the years went on, that happened with Bobby and that happened with Guy. Uh, it's such a warm kind of family that we have. And mm -hmm. to be able to have that kind of very genuine, like, yo, dude, you really want to get good? Then, you know, don't do this and do this. And, and, and everyone kind of helps each other. So, uh, from, from being a fan, uh, to kind of being able to, hang out with and you know i still get like little chills and like i'll pinch myself when oh bobby flay just texted me we're gonna go <laughs> eat dinner together yada yada so yeah jamie i'll always be that like that kid who grew up watching food network as as a chef and 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 just to have the, these opportunities to speak with you to hang out in the groups when we're all in in south beach it just trips me out man i mean it really i feel very fortunate uh, to be able to have this opportunity no, I love that. I feel the I feel the exact same way. And I love hearing that, you know, Elton, you started off as a mentor, obviously became, you know, a very close friend of yours. I, I need to know more about the tattoos. I, I remember <laughs> when it happened, uh, but I forget what what is the tattoo that you guys have that you both have? So uh, my right forearm, his left inner arm, it is a quote that says never be daunted. And what we were like, you know, hanging out. We're like, we should get magic tattoos. And like, what do you want? And he's like, Oh, I want this quote. And he's like, what do you want? I was like, Oh, that's way smarter than what I wanted. Um, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say, but what I wanted was like, no, oh, what did you want? <laughs> okay. I mean, again, this is the place to drop all kinds place. of stuff. Safe place. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of people listening. Anyway. Okay. Why not? I wanted a little chef octopus Eight legs with each one having a different little utensil. So, I love it. <laughs> it's it's cheese ball. Let's just be real. I, yeah, yeah. It's it's still cool. I like it. I like it. I mean, the um, never be daunted is definitely more powerful for sure. Way more. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. especially since you guys got the same one and and yeah. your friendship as you just described it. I think it's really really cool. Typewriter um, font because you know he's smart like that and has yeah, typewriters. Exactly. So now I just use his story and say, oh yeah, you know. It's, it's it's Hemingway. Don't, doesn't just, everyone read Hemingway? You just adopted it for yourself, which I love. I mean, you obviously have a lot of a lot of tattoos. I know you were featured in in Ink magazine, also. Oh man, you did all your digging. That's I, amazing. Yeah, I got I got to research. I got to dig in. Wow. Uh, well, but I'm wondering. Uh, I want you to tell the story. I know it because I read the article. But your your first tattoo and, and what <laughs> what the meaning behind that is. Are you talking about the? The brand tattoo when I was 18? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. no. Okay. When we're 18, we all think we're cool. And my buddies are like, dude, let's get 
let's get the the sing logo from the thai beer on our yeah. arms because you know i was born the year of the tiger so uh, okay. in my mind i rationalized it like oh i'm a tiger i'm gonna get a tiger that sounds really really tough and cool uh, you know cut to like two three years later and i'm walking around thailand and my dad's like you're an idiot you just got like a brand, <laughs> you just got a brand logo on your arm and you're not even getting paid for it. Yeah. It's like getting Budweiser or something yeah. or Coors, <laughs> which would be awesome. Anyway, would have been cooler than that. So yes, I will always love, hate my, my, my tiger tattoo on my what? right arm. Uh so that's a love hate. What's your what's your actual like favorite one? Last year, I put put this one on my right uh, wrist, which is the name. I've got Ali, Amaya, and Ren. Mm. Yeah. So my 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 wife and and two children um, on my on my 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 forearm here, and that's the one I love the most. That's what yeah. I love the most. Well, no, that means the most. I I do not have any. I'm planning. I want to get one um, in honor of in honor of my father. Actually, uh, I haven't had a chance to do it yet um, because of the pandemic. But it's on my. But I like to hear people's stories of of their tattoos and and why they've they've gotten them and and you know even the, even the stories where you you maybe wish you could go back and change it. So You're I, not I kidding. appreciate. I am going to flip. Can I ask you a question? I know yeah, this is your sure, show, please. but being around so many chefs and food people. Do you get a little bit of that? Yo, I got to get a tattoo. Like there's a little <laughs> bit of this camaraderie, this fellowship that we have. I mean, def definitely a lot of, <laughs> I would say more chefs than not have, have not even one, like more, more mm -hmm. than one. So I, I, I do, I do see like how that could, how you could kind of get caught up in that. But, um, I was always like told I wasn't allowed to have mm -hmm. tattoos or anything like that. So it's like been ingrained into my head for so long. But, um, I think, I think I'm ready. I think, uh, I, I really want to want to do that. I think it'll, it's for me, you know, yeah. it'll mean, it'll mean something to me. And, um, I think that that's, that's super a, a, an important part of it as well. Not not always the the most important, but um, in my case, it will be. So no, that's I appreciate cool. you, you playing along and telling those stories. I, I, I love no. hearing that. Yeah, I think they're fun. I think tattoos, you know what? They, they do a phenomenal job at, at you know, being a, a bookmark in time. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, an and homage to your father. I mean, that's the perfect kind. And that's why my favorite tattoo is the one that's most symbolic of my family. All these, uh, I mean, I have some jackass tattoos and I've got some serious <laughs> tattoos, but that's just what happens, man. You're, you'll, yeah. you'll get sucked in, you know? Oh, I'm sure I will. I'm sure, I'm sure it won't be my last one. That's <laughs> yeah, for exactly. Sure. Well, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit on TOC. You're, you're repping for the West coast. Obviously mm -hmm. you grew up in Los Angeles. You were born into uh, essentially the first family of Thai food in LA. Your family opened, you know, the first Thai restaurants, the first Thai markets there. You've referred to it as birth luck. Uh, what was your childhood like growing up around food 24 seven? You know, I can romanticize it as a 40 year old man, right? Mm -hmm. I can romanticize it as a 45 year old man, but uh, growing up in it, I was truly miserable, right? I mean, really? ima imagine if you will, from like literally five years old, like your the restaurant is your daycare, right? The restaurant is your school, the re mm -hmm. right? And then then they opened grocery store, so it went from restaurant to grocery store. Then they had a produce company, so we did spend time on farms, right? And then they had an import company, so it was vertical integration before I ever knew what it was. But um, you know, looking back on it. 
you know, I basically had three concurrent apprenticeships in very, very difficult fields. So to, to work in a restaurant for 10,000 hours and to work in a, in a, in a grocery store and, and understand products and produce, you know, I did, I did like 20,000 hours by the time I was in my mid twenties. And, uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, it, it really shaped it. Sh- it really shapes who I am. Uh, it really kind of, you know, has directed my culinary point of view and, um, it, it really is birth luck. I mean, it's really like being at the right place at the right time. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand it until my mid twenties, but, um, I, I, you know, I didn't, I was typical, like, you know, kid who goes, becomes a chef. I was, you know, high school dropout and made a lot of trouble. Uh, so I always, I always, there was always a home with my family and their businesses. They're always like, if you screw up, you can always come back, but you got to work. You got to work for it. So, so it, I, it was phenomenal. I can't see you as being like the, the troublemaker, like kid. <laughs> oh, that, my, my plan is working. It is so <laughs> awesome. Um, and you know, and it was, yeah, I, I was, I wasn't like the guy who was like intimidating or anything. I was just a rebel, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I never wanted to do what people told me. I was in my mind thought I was going to do it my own way. I hate going to school. I'm not going to learn any books. You're not going to teach me anything. And so, yeah, I've been working. I mean, man, since I was a kid. So I was never like a bully or anything like that. I was just a guy that was, there's a word for it. Oppositional defiance disorder. I think oh. it's my, my wife has a, a master's in early childhood education, treats me like oh, okay. a child. So I think, <laughs> I think it's just part of diagnosing. So it children. works out. It works out. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, your, one of your family's businesses, Bangkok Market, closed in 2019 after nearly 50 years in business. So I'm curious, you're, you're talking about, you know, you know, growing up there and not liking it at the time. But but as you as you look back, like what is your most vivid memory or vivid smell or something that that immediately like takes you back to that time when you see it or eat it or smell it or anything like that? Uh, that truly is 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 the smell of, of my childhood. It takes me immediately back to being a kid you know, stocking shelves and, you know, working in the, in the butcher counter and tying produce and being in the farms. Um, but, you know, the really great memories are this. I mean, we were the only grocery store in the 80s and 90s that had quote unquote exotic ingredients. So mm. Wolfgang and Joachim and, the, and, you know, Susan and Mary Sue, all the great chefs in L.A. shopped at our store. And as I got older, uh, I wasn't just bagging the groceries. I was delivering their their groceries and I was setting mm. up their, you know, their order guides. And and when I went to French culinary school, uh, I went back and I was like, you guys all know me from bagging your groceries. Can I have a job now? So I got to, you know, work in the Asian restaurants as a kid. And once I went to culinary school, I got to go back and work for some of these really great chefs that were just kind of patrons of the store. So it really worked out. That's so cool. Like, I love hearing that it kind of came full circle for you. Um, if you if you were one of those chefs shopping in those aisles, what 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 makes it way its way to your shopping cart or basket like every single time? Like, what are some of those staples that you would always pick up? Yeah, you know, I am, you know, as as everyone knows, my my lens is very Southeast Asian. So Mm -hmm. it's always going to be like fish sauce and jasmine rice and curry paste and coconut milk and, you know, like seven different kinds of soy sauces. Uh, You know, that's definitely my 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 part of the world. And, uh, you know, it's it'll always kind of be where I'm from. It's part of my identity. 
I mean, speaking of of that, I mean, you you talk about just you know these these influences in your life and other significant Asian influences as well. You know, aside from Thai, you've got Chinese, mm-hmm. Korean, Japanese influences, and those really all present themselves. I feel like in, in the dishes that that you create, what does it mean to you to be able to represent Asian food culture in such a significant way and a diverse way? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it really, you know, you hear it, but it's an honor. I mean, it's an honor to be able to uh, represent multiple cultures. And it's also an honor to kind of share knowledge. I, I, my favorite job in the whole world is teaching, right? If I could just like do that every single day, I'd be, I'd be very happy there. Um, so when I get emails every day and, and DMs about, yo, you just taught me how to make lo mein and you just thought, and lo mein eventually becomes pad thai and pad thai becomes curry. And now they're doing sushi and, you know, through, through, through food network and, and through writing cookbooks and, and working, you know, I get to teach the world how to make Asian food. And my whole thing is it's easier than you think. You know what I mean? And so that is the fuel. It really is the fuel. I mean, you know, the happiest things in my life are my family. And the second part of it is to be able to teach and create community all at the same time. And, and, and these are the, this is the platform in which I can do that. It's a dream job. I don't work every, I mean, there's, there's not a single day of work. I get to just kind of do what I love every single day. It's pretty amazing. No, that, that community aspect is, I think, really important. And, and, and the way that food can really create that, I think is super special. And in fact, I, I know you, you kind of helped uh, a retirement community celebrate <laughs> Fully being vaccinated, the entire facility vaccinated. What what was that celebration like? How what, what did it entail, and how did you get kind of hooked in with that? Who where'd you get all this amazing research? <laughs> it's like this is the stuff I keep off my social media and my whole thing. Like this is that's amazing, Jamie. Okay, yeah. So um, part of my my part of my working life through the years is. Uh, uh, working with very large institutions, right? From tech companies to hospitals to movie studios, but also is very important to me to kind of work with um, uh, senior living centers. So um, I, for the last decade, uh, no one knows this until now, I would I would visit and cook and do demos and make menus at a lot of senior living centers. So all the senior living centers in, you know, in the world were impacted first from COVID. And it was a big push to, to try to get everybody, you know, vaxxed first. And then w- what goes with that are the food service workers and all the, you know, also other support staff. So, you know, we got all, everybody vaxxed. Uh, we got all the support staff vaxxed. So to, to kind of celebrate, I did, um, you know, this little virtual hangout saying, hey, guys, let's make a dish together. I miss you guys. I can't wait to come back. And uh, it was a fun little deal we did a few weeks ago. I, I think that is really that's really sweet. And that's really admirable uh, that you do take that time to to kind of, you know, spread that joy and, and give back. And I think more people should know about it. So I wanted to give you credit for that. I'm always giving back to, you know, uh, young kids that come from poverty who want to cook uh, mm-hmm. senior uh, senior living centers. Because like the history repeats itself. And and what better way to understand what's coming down the pipe than to, to, to hang out with people who've lived it? You know, I've hung out with people who are 104, you know what I mean? 100 years old. And, you know, and, and it's amazing uh, to, to be able to have that opportunity. Uh, and I also do a lot with the military and, all, and my brother's a police officer. So wherever I can, 
I'm always trying to give back because you got to keep that karma bank full, man, you know, because yeah. you never know when, you know, you're going to need uh, uh, help. And, and you know, it's, it's nice to know that to put a lot of positive energy on the world, it will come back. It absolutely will. No, I think that's a great message. And I think it says a lot that, you know, I mean, I think it would be obviously great and fine if you were publicizing this stuff, but you you clearly aren't doing it for yeah, no. the publicity or the the like me over here saying good job because I <laughs> no. do th- I do think that and I feel that, but like you're clearly doing it because that's important to you and that's something that like doesn't even you don't even think twice about it like that's like a yes like I'm gonna yeah. do that. I came from I, my my family came from nothing. I mean, literally in one generation we came from this ultra poor family and to make something of ourselves, and in two generations to be able to be this immigrant son to be on you know Food Network. It's 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 you know every day is a privilege, and every day if I can pass it forward or pay it back somewhere, you know that's that's my aim in life. It really is you know makes me happy. No, I think that's great. Is that is that something? I mean, what is your what does your family think? I mean, you say that you came from nothing and then now you you are on Food Network and you're in a position to be able to give back. Um, what do they think of all this? Uh, you know, they're, they're the foundation. You know what I mean? They, they remind me where I come from. You know, I have a group of, you know, my family rem- constantly, you know, uh, your feet are always on the ground in our house. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it, it's all good. Uh, well, I had I had so many more questions that I wanted to ask you, but we are running a, a tad short on time. So I'm going to leave you with our, our, our standard final question that I like to ask all of our, our guests here on Food Network Obsessed. And, and that is what would be your perfect food day? So. Hmm. breakfast lunch dinner dessert there are no rules in this question so you can you can time travel you can you can cook the food somebody else can cook it you can go to multiple countries lay it out what, what what's your perfect wow food day? my perfect food day would probably start in france eating pastries with my wife and kids um uh that would definitely because any, I just any specific eat. Pastry or just any, of you know, those? again, just any, any like, a, you know, good baguette and French butter yeah. and then go immediately to laminated doughs. I mean, just do that 5000 calorie breakfast. Remember, <laughs> yeah. No rules. There's no right? rules. Like, there's no, no rules. There's no yeah. there's no consequences. There's no rules. <laughs> OK. And then teleport for lunch to, to Japan. Uh, OK. Uh, right. And, and have, you know, uh, a really nice like some like an omakase, like, you know, sushi lunch somewhere. And then dinner would be, you know, teleporting back in time uh, to hang out with my grandmother from Mm. my mother's side. So she was my first culinary teacher. Um, I had I had some special needs issues as a child and it was very hard for me to focus. So she directed all that crazy energy into the kitchen. So from age three, uh, she would she would stand me next to her, and it was it was it was having to work with my hands, understanding how my brain processed things, kind of different. She taught me how to cook from like age three to age twelve, and we've spent thousands of meals together. And she didn't live long enough to see any of this. Aww. Hang out with Jamie Sire, <laughs> Bobby. She didn't see any of that, so it would be to bring her back. And and we'd all have lunch together or somewhere on like it would be like Sobe where there would be all of us all hanging out together yeah. and just giving making her the star of the day and breaking bread for dinner with her. That would be my my perfect food food day. I love that. I love that. Wait, what's for dessert? What's for dessert? Oh, dessert. Wow, that's a good one. Um, wow. Uh, you know, 
it would probably be having to do like a dessert crawl. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but you know, my, 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 I do favor savory food more than sweet. So I just might do a, a second course of teleporting back to Japan and having some kind of like giant, you know, uh, Kobe meal or something like that. It would be crazy. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I'm on board for that answer because I am also not a huge sweets person. And yeah, I would much like, much more rather like just have more savory savory right? foods yeah so uh I, I like the i like the ending to your to your food day just more more delicious fatty just food. more food yeah. more savory fatty food and lots of red wine right i mean yes like, that's that that's that's the oh or maybe spain maybe finish oh. in, maybe finish in spain i think that would be the way to go I, and I'm, I'm purposely not mentioning restaurants because whoever doesn't get mentioned is going to drop an email <laughs> at me so there you go well we'll leave it up to everyone's uh, imagination i also co-sign on the on the spain addition to this uh, perfect food day it sounds it sounds perfect to me and mm-hmm. uh, i i do appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and tell all these stories some of them i i'd never heard before <laughs> they were news to me so uh no this is a lot of fun and i really appreciate it so i feel same jamie you can your continued success uh to judging bobby flay together that'd be awesome thanks so much for having me Uh, always such a delight when I get to chat with an incredible chef who I am so used to watching on Food Network. Everyone's story is so unique. I love hearing all of them. Whether you've been a fan of Jet or this interview made you a new one, you can, of course, binge watch all of Tournament of Champions streaming now on Discovery+. Plus. As always, thanks so much for listening and make sure you follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to rate and review. We love it when you do that. I read them all. That's all for now. We will catch you foodies next Friday. 